Chapter Two of the Garden God, A Tale of Two Boys, by Forrest Reed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two. They had indeed often discussed it. It had been perpetually there, a source of wonder and many questions, a thing which hovered and danced drew near and retreated a thing which could be referred to at any moment without notice or introduction a kind of enchanted castle which grew up into the sky with lightning-like rapidity and as quickly vanished it had not been however until he was close on sixteen that the decisive step had actually been taken that the vision had given place to reality his father brought him and departed again leaving graham with a sinking heart in the midst of his new world how dreadfully different from anything he had ever known it was all going to be for the first time in his life he felt thoroughly miserable yet in a way he was to be singularly fortunate. Far sooner than might have been expected, he dropped into his new life. He had never, of course, played either cricket or football, but he was naturally strong and agile, and in the former game he now made rapid progress. It was then that he learned how ready his new companions were with their praise and encouragement. If he had known more of the world, indeed, he might have marveled not a little at his almost immediate popularity. For doubtless at first he could not but have seemed rather queer to the others. Nevertheless, they liked him, liked to be with him, and if they occasionally found him alarmingly innocent well somehow it was only charming that he should be so to be sure he was now and again made fun of in a way but that way was quite the kindliest in the world the very opposite from the way they might have taken had they been so minded had their desire been to hurt, to torment him. All this, however, the fact that his new friends had so at once and unreservedly welcomed him, had made it so tremendously easy for him, seemed to Graham to be merely natural. And thus, in a sense, it probably defeated his father's main object in sending him to school at all that object being, presumably, to familiarize him with the ways of actual life. From Graham, somehow, actual life was as far away as ever. It was all so bright, so charming. Everyone was so decent to him, so nice. How in the world was he to know that niceness wasn't a thing to be counted upon, and that he, Graham Ittisleigh, wonderfully, had been made an exception of? 
there seemed in fact to be hardly a boy who was not anxious to help him who did not take a pleasure in watching him drop into the ways of the place while such things as he really did do well swimming diving running leaping translating greek were elaborately overpraised the masters liked him also and what was most significant the older boys who ignored his contemporaries took an interest in him asked him to their studies looked after him wanted him to do the school credit he was happy the days passed very quickly nevertheless he had not quite learned to live the life the others lived and there were times when he felt homesick one thing in particular he noticed though he had made too many new friends to find much leisure for regret and that was just that his old playmate of his dreams had ceased to visit him that he could no longer even call up very clearly his image remember what he was like it was as if the change which had come into his everyday world had extended on into the dusky ways of sleep and though he did not dwell upon it at all yet he felt obscurely that something that had been had ceased to be and that there was a blank a void in his existence which none of the many new pleasures and interests in his life would ever be able to fill end of chapter two